Greetings, and welcome to the Tao in the Force podcast. Today we are discussing Dooku, Jedi Lost. First, if you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter at the Tao in the Force at the Tao Force, and on Facebook at Tao Force. Also, I would like to say thank you to Dinah Kenobi for your review on Apple Podcast. It is uh, much appreciated. Now, Dooku Jedi Lost, even though Dooku is in the title, it is very much from Asajj Ventress's point of view, for she is reading journals and hollows of Dooku's past life. Now, Ventress throughout is having her doubts about turning to the dark side in becoming Dooku's assassin. And these wrestling with her conscience shows up in the form of her former Jedi Master, Kai Nerik. Now, you could see it's a form of insanity with her hearing voices of her old master, which parallels that of Dooku's friend Saifo Diaz, who is plagued with visions and prophecies. So there is a lot of questioning of saneness in this book. We will get to Saifo Diaz later. In terms of Ventress, her voices come from she knows it is not the right path, but she is trying to justify decision to become Dooku's apprentice. And we see that it stems from abandonment, which is something similar for Dooku. Both Ventress and Dooku, we see throughout this novel, have been abandoned. Ventress was essentially given up to Halstead 
in Halstead used her and then Kai Merrick liberated her in a sense from Halstead and trained her to become a Jedi and throughout the novel we get Dooku starting to counter Kai Merrick in saying that even Kai manipulated her. Kai Merrick is deceased, so we aren't getting his true uh, input. We are getting it filtered through Asajj, his voice, as well as Dooku's. But for now, she is rationing that even Kai Merrick used her. He was killed by hordes of pirates who captured Ventress in the pirate Kirsk made her uh, a gladiator to kill in sport. Kiosk used her. Then she was liberated in a sort by Dooku who then is going to use her as an assassin. And Dooku, in his abandonment, we see his family, namely his father, Count Cora, abandoned Dooku as a freak when he was a child where the Jedi took him in. Then when he was young he went to Sereno with the Jedi for demonstrations where he was abandoned again shortly after finding out his birth parents were Count Gora and finding out uh, uh, Lady Janza was his sister. Dooku and Lady Janza remain close but they connect and disconnect have to give each other up a number of times. And then there is Master Yoda. For a time, it seems they are close. When 
during training. This is not really covered in the novel, but it seems as soon as the training is over, there does not seem to be a long-lasting connection. Whether that is because of Yoda's commitment to the Council, or Dooku's attachment to Lean Costana, he always seems closer to Lean and her apprentice Saifo Diaz. <clears throat> but there does seem to be a hint of abandonment by Master Yoda. And then later, Dooku feels abandoned by the Jedi when he asks their help when Soreno is being attacked by pirates. And they do not come to his aid, but Sifo Diaz and Lin do. And it seems to be the final abandonment. And he does the abandoning and leaves the Jedi to take up, to become the Count of Sereno. Now, by reading this journal and seeing these hollows, Ventress gets to see what life could have been for her. For she briefly trained as a Jedi with Kai, but she also feels abandoned by the Jedi. For they never reached out to, for Kai or her. And they were left abandoned where he was killed. So she holds a little bit of resentment, even though she does not know what the Jedi may have known about Kai and her. Though it seems likely they knew very little. But I think she also resents that she could have had a better life. And th there's a jealousy of sorts of the Jedi who are raised in the temple. Now both Ventress and Dooku during their training have two masters who are pulling at them. In this novel, we have Dooku and Kai Nerik in the mind of Ventress. Dooku trying to seduce her to the dark side. And 
sky trying to bring her back to common sense and uh, morality and remembering what he taught her and for Dooku he has Yoda who is giving him a more textbook version of the Jedi but he strays closer to Lean Kostana, who is an expert in dark side artifacts. And she opens both the Dooku and Cypher to these artifacts in ways of thinking. She doesn't do it to turn them to the dark side but to open the, their thinking she wants to destroy the dark side but she feels the, you need to understand it first and by exposing Dooku and Cypher there becomes a seduction like a drug he gets his first taste of the dark side and over long periods of time he seems to expose himself it in small patches and then finally giving in and for Dooku there is a beast called the Tirataka which is a dragon-like creature which is symbolic of Dooku in his dark side. When he's young and goes to Sereno, he sees a statue of this Tirataka and there's an earthquake-like event and he hears the roar of the Tirataka for the first time. He is the only one. And it's like a symbolic awakening of his dark side. And throughout the novel, he comes to experience this Tirataka on other occasions. Finally, in the end, he meets one a living one that he has awakened both literally and figuratively in his uh, mind in the dark side 
And it's almost like an in, in the end, it's like an embrace. An embracing of this dark side. It's symbolic of the beast within him. And he alone is able to control this beast. It is said that the Tirataka was a war beast of the Sith. Which is exactly what Dooku becomes. He becomes Palpatine's war beast. That he, just like the Tirataka, were disposable. And when he pairs minds with this Tirataka, he's able to see how mistreated and used these animals were. And not only does Palpatine use him, he does the same to Ventress. We, we see that Dooku, when he unleashes this dark side, he comes about having dark side lightning naturally which he uses to torture Ventress but he discovers this ability naturally when lean and cipher and Dooku go looking for a cellar of dark side artifacts, which turns out to be a trap by a court group of the Sith presagers. And they trap them in dark side moss, which becomes like a tomb or a womb in wrapping them in a cocooned state where they see visions and in this state Dooku kills all of these presagers is caught with dark side lightning which scares both Lean and Sifo. It is like an unleashing of rage inside of Dooku. He is normally very rigid and like a f refined gentleman very stately and to see such violence unleashed from Dooku is quite <laughs> to use upon shocking 
Now Dooku, I think, because being rejected by his family, wanting to prove himself to the Jedi, he throws himself at everything. He becomes great at everything he does, a master swordsman, and eventually becoming a teacher in the temple of swordsmanship. But he's also ambitious, which he, because he asks so much of himself, he asks a lot of the Jedi. And throughout the years, he finds them to come up short in his assessment. And because of having two masters pulling at him, it leads to part of his personality of being a bit of a rogue, which he hands down to his first apprentice, Rail Avaros, and then to Qui-Gon. And it is Lean Kostana who brings out this personality. But he also has a rigid, stern side, which he probably got from Yoda. No. Lean is not a perfect master, and it's not said, but it hints that Sifo going a bit crazy with his visions, she purposely keeps him from the council, for it seems she feels it is her fault. She exposed him to various experiments, perhaps in the dark side of the artifacts. And it seems to have offset Sifo in fearing the repercussions of the council. She keeps things very secretive. And even when Dooku finds out about it, she sort of guilt trips Dooku by saying they'll lock Sifo-Dyas away if they find out. There's a lot of dysfunctional family uh, in this novel. The Jedi 
Count Gora and Countess Anya? In the way that they handle Dooku? And their other son, Ramil? Even though Ramil and Dooku are brothers, they're very adversarial. It is only with Jenza that he has a good relationship. But even that becomes strained a number of times. And Dooku himself is a father figure for Qui-Gon and Rail. And you get a sense that he's very cold towards Rail. Not that he's angry or anything, there's just a coldness. And he seems much closer to Qui-Gon. And he seems to have a genuine affection for Qui-Gon even after he turns. And Rail in Qui-Gon, in Master and Apprentice, even seem to have a brotherly connection or older uncle type of connection. And we also get a Another Jedi, Eula uh, Braylon, who it is found out in this novel, had a son that she hid from the Jedi and brought, she brought it to the temple where she could watch it in secret. And that was Arath, who was a gambler and a bad seed in the Jedi Order who Dooku eventually helped to bring down with Qui-Gon and he was arrested but it, it is just further examples of dysfunctional families in this novel Also, a, a, a lot of miscommunication and lack of communication. And with Sifo Diaz, it's brought in the question of prophecy. When it's finally found out by the council, that he has these visions. He sees the destruction of Protobranch, a Bacta farming planet. And because of its imp economic importance, the Jedi listen this time. And they go there to meet with the leaders 
in the vision that I form. Seas comes to pass. And even though they tried to stop it, it still happened. Which brings up controlling the future and why the council is apprehensive about prophecies. For it is a form of control. And they are ultimately about not controlling anything. That they do not wish to be the masters of the force and try and use it to control the future. They wish to be controlled by the force and let things happen as they should be. But in this disaster, we see that Dooku is genuinely a hero. He saves some children in a hospital along with having to save Sifo when he gets knocked unconscious. And much like Anakin, it seems Dooku the Jedi just wants to use his power for good. On both Proto Branch and Sereno, Dooku sees the shortcomings of the Jedi in the Republic. And on Sereno in particular, he is able to defeat his brother's tyrannical government without the help of the Republic or the Jedi Council. And so he, being the hero and liberator of Sereno, and upon the discovery of resources and wealth for Sereno, he is able to leave the order and take up his birthright as Count of Sereno. Now, it seems that the reason, or we find out in the end the reason why Ventress has been learning all these things about Genza and his family and his past is so that she can see what Genza means to Dooku. And when Dooku asks her to assassinate Genza, she sees the sacrifice 
and what it will mean for her to become his assassin and to go to the dark side. Plus it helps to eliminate some of the secrets Jenza may have known of Dooku, which could have helped hurt him politically on Sereno. Now Dooku is based on at least somewhat of his character on Dracula. Christopher Lee played Count Dracula for Hammer Films a couple you know, a number of times. And at least some of the look in the name of course are meant to reflect that in honor Christopher Lee in a way. Of course it was part of a friendship with Peter Cushing who played Van Helsing with Christopher Lee that Christopher Lee in honor of his friend even agreed to be part of Star Wars. His Dracula personality of appearing as a gentlemanly count, but then in the shadows doing nefarious, the dark deeds. And dark Dooku does become, for he sacrifices his sister Jenza and he also sacrifices his best friend Sifo Diaz who we learn was killed after helping Dooku and Palpatine create the clone army and Dooku knew of Sifu's visions of these clone armies and of this war in the need of the Republic to, to defend itself. But what Sifo did not see is that it was Dooku and Palpatine who were behind both the clones and the war. But ultimately Dooku was like the Tirataka and ultimately sacrificed when his use no longer benefited Palpatine.
this novel is really showing how both Ventress and Dooku had come to the dark side through abandonment issues and confusion having two masters ultimately three in Duko's case for he had Lean and Yoda but then he gained another master in Palpatine who was introduced to him by his own apprentice Rael Alvaros Well, that is all I have for this novel for now. And I hope everything is well for you, and I wish you a good day.